Hey, good morning, Journey Church. How are you feeling today? All right. Welcome in 9 o'clock service. I hope you guys are awake. So excited and honored for the opportunity to start this brand new series. Series. I don't know why I said that. Serious. Exim. Um, I'm not promoting them today. Series. Uh, contagious generosity. Hey, here's what's funny about contagious generosity. As soon as you heard that phrase, I guarantee people in the room and those watching online are thinking they're going to hammer us about finances for the next month. Oh my gosh, they're going to ask for money. And there's probably some finance we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. But uh, today we're going to be talking about contagiously generous in your serving here in the church body and in our community. And uh, uh, I have had some uh, the opportunity to help lead the dream team over the last couple of weeks, and that's going to kind of fall up under me now, and I'm excited about that to be the student pastor and also be able to connect with our dream team and those that serve this campus. Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you just put your hands together for those that make this day happen? Come on, that help make Journey Church happen. Come on. I'm so grateful for them getting up early and coming and working things out throughout the week so that you can come and be a part of this. And, and we hope that you're serving also by the end of today. That's my goal that would launch you into serving somewhere in this body and also in our community. And so today I'm going to entitle this message, Spiritual Contributors. Spiritual Contributors. So let's do this before we do anything. we got to pray the table has been set, and we want God to move in this place. So whether you're in the room, watching online, let's bow our heads, let's pray today. God, uh, we are so grateful, and we are so thankful for the opportunity, as always, to come in here in freedom. Uh, that doesn't happen all around the world, but we get the opportunity to do that here today. And so, Father, we ask that you would be with, with us, that this message going forth would be your words. Uh, your, 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 your scripture changes lives. It's not man that changes lives. We can influence change, but it is your son, Jesus, that we experience salvation and new life in. And so, God, as this word goes forth today, God, as the table has been set, we pray, Father, that we honor you in this moment, that our ears, our eyes, our, our mind would be open, ready to receive you, and we, were, we, we understand that the word does not return void as it goes forth. And we're believing that now, that maybe someone leaves here the same today, uh, but, but in 10 years, this word has been planted in them. This scripture has been planted in them, and it begins to grow, Father. So, again... We're believing that today. In your name we pray. Everyone said amen. So we're going to use a verse found in John chapter 4. That's going to be our launching point or a foundation verse for today. And to give you a little bit of context of what's happening in this, these few verses, uh, in the beginning of John chapter 4, Jesus is in this area, Samaria, and he's speaking to, you may know it as the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. There's a lot that goes into that story. I encourage you to read that after today. Go home and read it. It's, a, it's just a few verses, about 30 verses. It's, it's an incredible story about how Jesus influences this woman he's not even supposed to speak to, influences her, changes her life, pours into her, ministers to her, and she leaves and she goes and changes, excuse me, tells her friends and, and, and changes people around her. That's what Jesus does. He influences life, and if we'll take that, we can go be light to a dark world. But as he was there, he had been, at this moment, he had been doing a lot of traveling, uh, a lot of ministering, and so his disciples are with him, and they're thinking, hey, you know, Jesus, Rabbi, looks a little tired, he looks 
a little hungry. So that's where we pick up in verse 34. And again, this is our foundation verse. It's going to carry us through today's message. This is what it says. It says, Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. I'm going to pause there because I need you to get that because it's going to carry us. I have a food that you know nothing about. I have a food that you, I have something that you know nothing about. They go on to say, did someone bring him food while we were gone? The other disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. My nourishment, what, what, what fills me is filling others. And so what we have here is something interesting. We see Jesus, and evidently he's hungry, or they wouldn't ask the question, or maybe he looks tired, or they wouldn't, hey, you need some nourishment. And so the disciples are thinking, you need to consume. Like, that's what's going to fill you up, Jesus. But what Jesus does, and he always does this, is he takes a moment, big picture, backs up, flips the script, let, let me teach you something. I have a food that you know nothing about, and what nourishes me is filling other people. What fills me is to fill other people. And so the disciples on one hand is thinking, hey, consume, and Jesus is thinking, how can I contribute? Why? Because I have a food that they know nothing about, and what fills me up is to fill other people. And in this verse, what Jesus is saying, now you may be thinking right now, Tony, this is a, this is far-fetched. They're just talking about food. But Jesus always flips the script, and he always uses moments like this as a teaching moment. And so you have Jesus, you have the disciples, disciples are thinking, consume. Jesus is saying, contribute. And in this verse, what Jesus is saying is highly offensive to human beings. It goes against our very nature because as human beings, we are selfish. Can I get an amen? You didn't all say it. That's okay. You'll get there. You'll get there. We're all selfish. And you go, well, we're not that selfish. If you don't believe we're selfish, do me a favor. Go to a two-year-old that's holding something. Try to take something from them and see if their head doesn't explode. I have a one-year-old at home. And anytime I take something from him that doesn't belong to him that he snatched from his sister, he loses his mind. I didn't teach him that. I didn't teach him to scream at me no in mine. I didn't teach him to, to lay on the floor and throw a fit. But it is in him. It's in him to just be selfish. And what Jesus is saying in this verse goes against our very human nature because we are selfish. We are self-centered by nature. But Jesus is saying that I have a higher calling. And if you're going to follow me, you have a higher calling. Because we have a food that the world knows nothing about. And what nourishes me is filling others. But unfortunately, we live in a world, and it's been this way for thousands of years, and we are a part of that, right? We, we consume. We're a world that is a consumer-first world. I mean, there, we have this thing called Netflix, and it's only been around for the last 10, 15 years. And binge-watching, we consume. What first episode, what, they put 20, 20 episodes on this first season. I'm going to watch it all in 38 hours. Like, we just consume. That's who we are. And it's been like this for a long time. In fact, in 1967, McDonald's uh, created a hamburger that would change the game called a Big Mac. Who's ever had a Big Mac? Who's ever had a Big Mac? Come on. God's gift to creation. I'm just kidding. That's, that's Chick-fil-A. Um, it's a Big Mac. 
And in 1974, they, come up, they came up with a slogan for Big Mac. And uh, if you were around in 1974, if you remember this as a child, the commercials would say this. We have a Big Mac, and on that Big Mac, you have two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, and onions served on a what? You guys knew that way too well. Maybe some Panera, fit that into your diet. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But they said, hey, if you come into my store, if you come into a McDonald's restaurant, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get that on a Big Mac. But there was a competitor right down the street that also changed the game. And they said, well, you know what? McDonald's is telling you when you come into their store, you're going to have it their way. But Burger King says in 1973 that you can have it your way. You can have it your way, whatever you want. We're not hurt by that. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. Special orders don't upset us. You can have it your way. The customer is king. The customer is king. It's all about what you want. A few weeks ago, I was uh, um, looking through my feed on social media, and there was a speaker, a special guest speaker at a convention, a customer service convention. And um, he says that companies are now focused on what the customer wants. Companies are now focused on what the customer wants, which means they are focused on, and hang in here, you ready? Quality, value, style, service selection, convenience, saving, performance, experience, low rates, friendly service, name brands, easy terms, affordable prices, money back guarantee, free installation, free admission, free appraisal, free alterations, free delivery, free estimates, free home trial, free parking, no cash, no problem, no kidding, no fuss, no must, no risk, no obligation, no red tape, no down payment, no entry fee, no hidden charges, no purchase necessary, no one will call you, no payments or interest till September. And don't forget to pick up your free gift, a classic, deluxe, custom design, luxurious, prestigious, high-quality, premium, one-of-a-kind pencil holder, yours for the asking, no purchase necessary. Why? Because you're the customer. <laughs> you are the customer, and what you want matters to us. You are the customer. Have it your way. And now, for thousands of years, we are a consumer world. It's all about me, and it's all about what I want. But unfortunately, this has bled over into the local church. It's bled over into the local church. And in 14 years of full-time ministry, but also being a part of a church body for 30 years, I have heard this very phrase once, twice, a thousand times. In fact, I've said it myself with my little family, that, hey... We're looking for a church that meets our needs. I'm looking for a church. When I'm church moving, hey, I'm trying. I'm looking for a church that meets my needs. And when you ask, what are you looking for? Or, uh, you know, why did you leave your last church? Well, some have a great reason. Hey, we had a feeling that God called us out of this church. Our season had ended at this this body of Christ, and we're to go serve another one. That happens. That's real. Hey, we're moving. We're in the military, and that happens all of the time. But to be completely honest with you, when you ask them 99% of the time, it seems that you get a consumer-first answer 
only. Why did you leave? What are you looking for? Well, I, honestly, I, you know, I love my church, and, but the pastor there, he uses the KJV, and I really don't understand that, so I'm not really a big fan of that. And um, So I like the NLT, and so also they keep it 68 degrees year-round in that building, and I just can't handle it. It's ridiculous. I mean, I, honestly, it's just it's difficult. And um, you know, I, I like the kids' ministry. I like the kids' pastor. His spouse is a little weird. I can't really get along with that person. I, I don't. It's, and also it rained one day. And when I was in the parking lot, nobody came up with an umbrella, and they didn't say hey to me, so it kind of hurt my feelings. And, and also, I like the worship, and their hair, the guy's hair is a little bit long, and they have lights, and that's okay with me. And their music doesn't really remind me of when I was a kid. And so, it's what we want. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we will become a consumer-minded only church. It will be about us. It will be about what I want. It will be about what makes me comfortable. It will make, hey, this is where I fit in. And we want you to be a part of this church body. We want you to call this place home. But sometimes being a part of a church body that's, in, that's not perfect means you're going to be uncomfortable a lot. And you're probably going to have to do some things that, hey, this isn't, this isn't my gifting. And here's what I want to change, the big idea today. I hope that we will change and see ourselves as light to a dark world. We get the opportunity, and as a follower of Jesus, we are obligated to be light to a dark world because we have a food that they know nothing about. And so when they walk in our doors, we get the opportunity to love those that are not lovable, those that are broken. We get to serve them and love them. We get to walk outside of these four walls, launch into our community, and love people at home and in our workplace And we get to minister to those we walk past every single day in a store. And so we have to have a different mindset. And here's kind of the big idea that I want you to walk away with today. And it's this, that we are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. Why? Because the church does not exist for us. The church, we are the church and the church exists for the world. So I'm going to say it again, that we are not spiritual consumers. We are, sorry, go back. We are, <clears throat> we are spiritual contributors, and the church does not exist for us. We are the church, and the church exists for the world. We have a kind of food that they know nothing about. And my nourishment comes from finishing and doing the will of God, what God has sent me here to do. And sometimes that means being uncomfortable. Sometimes that means being uncomfortable. And if we look at Jesus, you go, hey, that's not, like, I don't like to be uncomfortable. But the fact is, is that Jesus was our model of how to be a servant. We find Jesus in the garden. He's just a few hours from going to the cross and being murdered. And he's dying on the the cross for our sins. And we find him praying to the Father saying, God, if there's any other way... That this, we can do this. Is there any other way? Let this cup pass from me. But more importantly, your will be done, not mine. It's not about, it's what you want, Father. I'll go and I'll do that. I'll go and I'll do that. We've got to have a spiritual contributor mindset. Can we put, go ahead and put that picture up there? Now, some of you know who this is. This is Mr. Clarence. We call him Mr. C, this gentleman, great-looking gentleman right here in the jacket. Mr. C has been a part of this church since its conception. He's been, he has led in so many different ways. He was an elder of our church at one time. I love this man. 
He will outwork all of us at 86 years old. I love him with all of my heart, and I love that he loves Jesus with all of his. But about a year and a half ago, I was standing in the back of this worship center, and he doesn't realize the words he said to me, what an impact it made, that I'm carrying it still today. Uh, in the back of the worship center, it's like 8.30, 8.15, our team, our incredible worship team is finishing up their rehearsal and run through, and he comes in at 84 years old at the time, just ready to serve it at a moment's notice. He comes in and he gives me a hug, and we exchange pleasantries, and we pause for about 30 seconds, lights are going Sound is going, and then they end. And he looks at me and says, Tony, i got to be honest with you. This music really isn't my style, and the lights really aren't for me. But I recognize that it's not about me. I recognize that it's not about me, and whatever reaches the world, I'm fine with. Now, what I'm saying is it's not that lights and all of these things are going to reach the world. It's Jesus that will, right? But it's the mindset that Pastor C, or excuse me, Mr. C is what we call him, Mr. Clarence had and still has. That it's about others, that I'm not just going to be a consumer, that I'm going to contribute to the world. And there's going to be some things that I'm not a big fan of, but I know if they work, I'm all in. I'm in, and I'll do it. And I'm willing to be uncomfortable because it's going to bring others to Jesus. And so on your handout, when you walked in, hopefully you have a handout. There's a sermon card, sermon notes. If you don't have that, uh, hey, you can participate in this. We're going to have some class participation. If you're online, grab a piece of paper. And here's what I want you to write down right here. Um, If you have the sermon notes, it's already there for you. If you're online, if you're in here and you didn't grab one, you can do this later on, or you can do it right now if you have some loose uh, paper. In just a moment... We are going to circle one of these numbers, but I want to explain to you how this works. We have consumer, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and contributor. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to circle one of those, and I want you to be honest with yourselves, and you're going to be honest and have that first gut reaction. Hey, am I more of a consumer right now, or am I more of a contributor? So let me also state this really quickly and kind of help you out. Number one, nobody is a 10 because that's Jesus. And if you think you're Jesus, just ask an honest four-year-old, and they'll tell you you're not Jesus, okay? Turn to your neighbor, am I Jesus? No, you're not Jesus. So you should never circle 10. You're also not a one because that's the devil. You're not the devil. He consumes, right? He consumes everything, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's a thief. That's what he does. So you're not a one. But to kind of help you along the way, hey, what should I be circling here? Let me give you a few examples. Um, Let's just say that you came in today and you've been going here for several years, months now, and you've had opportunities to jump in, but you came in and you got your family and you dropped your kids off to an area where all of these people, they're serving and, hey, we're dropping our kids off. And then you went and you went to the cafe and you got a free donut and you got free coffee. And then you came in here and then you sat down and you're a part of the service and you're going to get up and you're going to get your kids and you're going to leave and then you're going to go to work tomorrow and you're really not going to talk to anybody about Jesus and you don't do a lot of giving and you don't look at, hey, when you go outside of these four walls, would you say that people know you're a follower of Jesus? Probably not, not because I kind of keep to myself. Let's just call it what it is. I would circle a two or a three. 
Let's just call it what it is. Maybe you're a little bit, maybe you do a little bit more. Maybe you say, hey, I serve once every couple months when they call me, if they need me, if Pastor Nate needs me. And I do give and I do some service work at, a, at, a, at, a, um, at the River Region Pregnancy Center. Okay, awesome. That's great. Maybe you're a five or maybe you're a six or maybe, maybe you're an eight or a nine. Just say that. That's just what you are. You are. You have a bumper sticker on your car that says Jesus loves you. And every time you get out of the car, you're telling everybody that Jesus Jesus loves you, and you serve in every service, even though we don't ask you to. You're here every service, every day, early. You're ready because you know Jesus loves people, and you want everybody to know that. Maybe circle an eight or a nine. But what I want you to do is this is not to make you feel bad. It's not to make you feel bad. It's simply to help you examine where you are, and hopefully you'll go, hey, how can I get 1% better tomorrow? How can I get 1% better next week? How can I go from a 4 to a 6 in the next month and a half? How do I do that? It's not that that is a scale of how you are successful in your life, but it visually gives you something. You're okay, I'm a 3 today, but I don't want to be that because God has called me to be a 9, right? I'm going to do everything that I can to serve the body of Christ and also serve those outside of our four walls. Because as a follower of Christ, you are on mission to go and make disciples in the body and in the community. So right now, here's what I want you to do. Take five seconds, and I want you to circle one of those right now. Circle one of those right now, whether you're online or watching in the room. Nobody's going to see it. You don't have to share it with me or your, your, your spouse. Write that down. And no matter what you are on that scale, no matter where you are, I believe that God is stirring us and you to something greater in your life. And when it comes to serving, here's what I want to do. I want to give you two thoughts. I want to give you two thoughts to using your gifts for the body of Christ and also serving those outside of our four walls to be contagious in your generosity when it comes to serving. And as a follower of Jesus, here's something that we have to know. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is not a question. If you are a follower of Jesus, God calls you to serve in his church, in his church. And how do we know that? Because the gospel tells us, the Bible tells us that God gives gifts in Ephesians 4 to leaders and teachers and pastors. He gives gifts to the body of Christ to build us up, encourage us, and then launch us into a world that we can impact so many people for the kingdom of God. And let me also say this, God that never intended for the building to be the church, you are his church and we exist for the world. The building is good. I'm glad that we have a building. It's an incredible thing that God has blessed us with. But we want to use this so when you come in here, we can pour into each other, encourage one another, and then launch into a hurting world that needs us and needs Jesus. We don't go to church. We are the church. We are the church. Recognize that. That you've been given. You have the privilege to serve in kingdom work. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 6, it helps us see how God wants us to use our gifts in the church. This is what it says. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. And if you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you the leadership ability, then take, take responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, 
do it gladly, serving, teaching, encouragement, gifts, leading, kindness, and prophecy. These were all given to the church so that we could impact those around us. Now, you may be thinking, I don't even know what my gift is. I've never taken any of these tests. Or maybe I know what my gift is, but I don't know how I operate it. Can I first say this really quickly here at Journey Church? We believe in empowering you. And so we have a connect class and a serve class. And if you've been a part of this church for 10 minutes or 10 years, we want you to be a part of those if you've never been a part of those. And you can sign up at one of our connection points before you leave. You can sign up on our website at myjourneychurch.com. In our connection class, you'll learn about journey, its vision, its mission, how you fit in and how we want you to be a part of this. In the serve class, you'll learn about your spiritual gift, and we're going to build you up so you can learn how you serve in the body here and also in our community. But there was also an incredible illustration I was given a few years ago called the apple pie illustration. It kind of helps you recognize who you are. Imagine with me if you're sitting at a table, it's you and a friend, and the friend has an apple pie in front of them, and it's just a big apple pie, and they're sitting it on the edge of that table, and they take a fork, and they, they stab that pie, and it dumps over into their lap. Now, what would your reaction be? Would it be to jump up, and you're cleaning up the table, and you're cleaning them up? Hey, you go to the bathroom. I'm going to take care of all of this. Don't you worry. Clean up. Here's a towel. Let me get you a new seat, a new table. I'm, I'm going to get you a new pie, too. Who would do anything like that? Would you guys do that? No? Some of you should. We should. You have the gift of serving. You have the gift of serving if you would be, if that would kind of be you in that scenario. What about same scenario? Friend dumps it over in their lap, and you go, oh, gosh, I hurt with you. It's okay, man. You're getting, you, got, you got another 24 tomorrow, buddy. It's okay. Let me help you. I love you. You're better than this. Don't let this ruin your day. Who would do something like that? Seriously. Anybody? Encouragement. If you would do that, you have the gift of encouragement. Hey, you're an encouraging person. You're an encouraging person. What about if, like, you saw that and they dumped it and you're like, hey, I need you to get up. I need you to go there. Hey, waitress, can you come here real quick? Can you have this cleaned up? I need you to get the busboy over here. Also, can we get some pie? Let's move, 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 move. If that's you, you're a bit of a leader. You're a bit of a leader. What about that person? You see it on the edge of the table and it dumps over and you go, I saw that coming. And I told you that it was going to happen and now it's happened. Would that be you guys? Okay. Maybe there's a gift of prophecy. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you're just a told you so person. But you have gifts. But here's the facts is that if you're a follower of Jesus, God has given every single one of us a gift to serve the body and serve our community with. And he wants every single person, not just a few, every single person active in his church making a kingdom impact. And you need to recognize that if you are not serving in the church body and in the community, there is something that God wants to get done. It is not getting done. And he wants to use you to make it happen. And so you can no longer sit there and allow your gift to collect dust on a shelf. It is our job and obligation to move into servanthood because that's what God has called us to do. God calls you to serve in his church. Here's the last thought. God calls you to serve as his church. God calls you to serve not just in his church, but when we leave this place, we're going to serve as his church 
And in Matthew chapter 14, it says this, You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is a plate, it's placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see. Let those that are unlovable see that they can be loved by Christ through you. Those that are broken, hey, I can help you because I've been broken and Christ has fixed me. Hey, uh, uh, those that are unservable, go and serve them. Let them see Jesus in your actions because actions give power to your words. And please do not make a mistake that the world tends to make. Good works will not get you to heaven. Good works is not, that's not what gets you to heaven. Good works, that's not what it's about. And you're not saved by your good works. You are saved in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Salvation only comes through him. But here's what you do need to know, that we are not saved by good works. You are saved for good works. You were not saved by your good works. You were saved for good works. So in the last seven days, who would say, you have impacted me? Who would say that I know you're different just because of the way you've acted, just because of the way you served me? You are the church. We exist for the world. We are light to a dark world. And I believe with all of my heart, that we are doing this backwards because the government isn't the best organization to help the world. The local church is. The local church, listen, at some point, at some point the local church did not step up so the government stepped in. But if the local church would recognize that we are spiritual contributors and not consumers, if we would recognize individually that God has empowered you and given you a gift to change people, it might change everything. It may impact so many people. And we want to see a church here at Journey Church where people give more than they receive, where people serve more than they've been served, where people love more than they've been loved, and they are passionate about the next generation. And I don't just mean students or teenagers or or, or kids. I actually mean the generation that came after you. Those that, hey, I need to, I have more wisdom because I'm older than them, so I want to pour into them. We want to see a church that does not judge those without Christ, but will love them into the family of God where everyone uses their gifts in the church to equip the body of Christ, and then will use their gifts as the church to be light to a dark world. Who are we? We are the church. We exist for the world. We will not be spiritual consumers. We will be spiritual contributors, and we will be so contagious in our generosity and our serving that people will go, who are you? Who do you know, and how do I find him? And I know that some of you are here today, you're thinking, hey, I'm in a resting season. And I'm glad that you found Journey and this is your place where you can rest. We want that for you. Hey, I just need to be refreshed, Tony. I understand. It's been nine years. It's time to do something. And listen to me. Proverbs 11, 25, this is just the book of wisdom. It's not a command. But the generous will prosper, and those who refresh others themselves will be refreshed. 
You go, I'm looking to be refreshed. I'm looking to be renewed. I'm looking for purpose that helps somebody else find their purpose. Pour into others. Stop saying that you don't have a purpose and that God doesn't love you. If you have breath, you have purpose and he needs you. He wants you. He desires to use you. Let me back up. He doesn't need us. He desires to use us. He wants to partner with us. Jesus, at the heart of who Jesus was and is, servanthood. Serving. He paid the ultimate price for you and I, and he served us in that moment in Matthew chapter 20. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as ransom for many. You cannot give your life for ransom. You cannot forgive people of their sins. You cannot give them salvation. Only Jesus can. But you can love them and you can serve them and you can help them find their purpose here in this church and in this community. God is empowering you and as a follower of Jesus, we are obligated, is what Paul said. We are obligated to share the love of Jesus with others. And you have an opportunity When you leave this, you go, well, how do I serve? You're going to stop at one of our connection points. You're going to sign up for our serve class. You're going to be a part of that. We're doing this because it benefits you and the kingdom. You have an opportunity to be contagiously generous in your serving. You have an opportunity to do that. And you can start it today. Don't say, I need to go home and pray. We've been called to serve. There's no praying about that. We're called to go love. That's just the bottom line. Because you have a food that the world knows nothing about. And how you will become nourished and filled is by feeling others. We are the church. And we exist for the world. And Jesus proved that on the cross. He proved it on the cross. His love for us and his desire to use us in this mission to go and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Change the world. We can do that one person at a time. And I believe wholeheartedly in the vision and the mission of this church and our lead pastor. And we believe in you. And we believe everybody who walks in this place, hey, we want you to feel at home, but we also want you to have purpose. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, God, we are so grateful for what has happened in this place today. We are so thankful, God, for your word. We are so thankful for your grace. We're so thankful that you choose to use us. We're so thankful, God, that you choose to empower us with gifts, spiritual gifts. But God, we recognize that the victories belong to you. It's not about us. It's not about what we can get out of this, God. It's about you. And so we want to continue that mindset and be contagious in our generosity and our serving. We get that opportunity, God. We are so thankful. And Father, we're so thankful for those that are watching online, that are in this room today. We're so grateful that they have tuned in, that they have come to be a part of the service. And we pray that the word that went forth today, that it not return void. If you're in this place today and you go, Hey, I am feeling broken, and I am feeling hurt, and I, I feel I have no purpose. But now I feel like I have a purpose through these scriptures, through the verses. 
that I want to be a spiritual contributor, but it needs to start in my relationship with Jesus, and I'm pretty sure that I don't even have a relationship with Jesus, and so I know that it needs to start right there. So if you're in this place, you're watching online, if you're in this place and you say, hey, I want to just, I want to, I want to recognize by raising my hand, I want to make a commitment to following Jesus right now. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand, just me and you. You ready? One, two, three. Get it up as high as you can get it. If you want to follow Jesus, you go, hey, I've never followed Jesus. I've never accepted him. This is what I want to do that right now. I want to get it up as high as you can get it. Come on, as high as you can get it. If you just raise your hand, wherever you are, can you just repeat this after me? Where If you raise your hand to accept Jesus, because I know there were people in this room that just did, pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I accept you as my Lord and Savior right now. God, I recognize that you are the Son of God, that you were crucified on the cross, that you died, you were buried, and you were resurrected. God, I'm not 100% sure what all of that means right now, but I know that I need Jesus. And I accept him as my Savior. If you prayed that prayer, I need you to understand that we want to connect with you, but also we're here to help you with what comes next. And we're going to help you to understand what just happened. We're going to go into a time of worship and time of, a time of response. If you're in this room, you go, hey, I want somebody to pray with me. I challenge you to come down front and pray. I I challenge you to stand to your feet and worship and recognize that God has empowered you and given you the opportunity to serve. Can we stand to our feet? Come on.